What's up, homies? I'm Erica. I'm Roshane J. And we're black. And that's the episode for today. Thank you guys. Check you we'll next see time. you next time. <laughs> Bye. Oh my God. Just kidding. Um, oh no, shit. we are black. That was true. Uh, but this is the beginning of the episode. But that is a, a hint of what this episode is actually going to be about today. Um, true, true. True, it's, true. A good, it's actually a good disclaimer too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just in case. Do, just in case people don't know. The yeah, the people on our cover photo are in fact us. Um, <laughs> uh, also from the movie Us. Us. <laughs> just in case we just <laughs> clar- clarifying we, a couple of things. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but before we get too too much into that, first of all. Thank you guys for deciding to come and hang out with us today. And like I started last week, I do want to start off this episode by spreading the October love and shouting out uh, a few more podcasts today. Um, So this week I decided to do a little girl power type type of deal so hell yeah yeah. so all the podcasts that i'm going to shout out today are um female hosted uh all three of them have two female hosts so let's jump right into that first up i would like to shout out the podcast uh gore friends who we just did a stream with them which was um, so much fun. Was <laughs> yeah, fun. it was so fun. We did a Twitch stream with them on uh, last Monday. We played Dead by Daylight, mm-hmm. which is freaking hard. And that was a hard game. It's we so tried. Hard. We did. We did our best. We did try. It was our first time playing it. They've played it before. So shout out to them for carrying the weight of the entire team on both of their backs because <laughs> we were getting sliced and diced the entire time and they had to get us off the hooks every but five hey, seconds. I did get a win though. I did get one That's win true. and I'm still very proud of that. That's true. You were the only one of us to get a win for our team. Somehow as the only guy, I was the final girl. And I don't know how that <laughs> happened. But, <laughs> but like... Hey, cheers to you like one glass in the air for you but yeah we we got to stream with them it was so much fun they're so nice they're super funny and they have a podcast that they've been doing for a while now um it's awesome i love just hearing them talk to each other like the their banter is just fantastic um, so I definitely recommend checking them out. I also recommend, uh, listening to the episodes that they've been do that they did about saw and that yeah. I'm pretty sure they're still in the middle of doing, um, they're, they're funny. Like just listen, start with those ones if you'd like, because those are probably some of my favorite that they've done. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, check them out, please. And also check out uh, the stream that we did with them because you can rewatch that, can't you? Yeah, if they uh, if you go to my Twitch page, which you can find on my Instagram, which is Roshane JL, 
but you can go back and watch that past broadcast and we'll probably have the clips up somewhere soon too so you Mm -hmm. guys can check those out yeah working on getting our (laughs) some funny funny clips that you guys can check out because they Mm -hmm. they were a plenty so they are the gore friends please check them out um the next one that i'm gonna shout out is the girl that's scary podcast also female-led also hilarious they also have quite a lot of episodes out perfect for binging uh they talk about a vast array of horror movies they have like any movie that you can think of they've probably talked about it and they make me crack up as well like just out of nowhere i'm like laughing out loud so (laughs) please check them out they are girl that's scary and last one that i want to shout out today um is two chicks and a horror flick oh i actually love their podcast (laughs) it's great isn't it Mm -hmm. i really enjoy their podcast i also really like a the name of their podcast is mm-hmm. very clever and also their theme song is a banger it really fucking is i was like mm-hmm. "Ooh, that's pretty fire it like it hits different especially <laughs> when i like first get to if i first get to work because i go into work at like 7 a.m mm-hmm. and i like cue up their podcast and that theme song hits and i'm just dancing in the back dancing in the kitchen oh <laughs> I'm just, I'm just telling you guys, like, listen to their theme song, but then of course also listen to their episodes because they, like, they research the movies that they talk about. So they give some really great information and background about the movies. You'll probably learn some trivia and things that you might not have known. Um, And then I love the viewpoints that they have on movies. Um, Mm -hmm. I love the discussions that they have and they also just have the thing about all of these podcasts is especially these ones that i'm talking about today you can tell that they're all like very good friends so the chemistry is there and it just makes it like i'll be listening to their episode and by the time the episode's over i'm like damn that went by so fast like (laughs) that went by really (laughs) fast i guess i'm gonna have to watch another episode so uh they are two chicks and a horror flick and that is going to round it up for my podcast shout outs today. Um, but of course, I will be shouting out some more next Monday. Um, so yeah, check all of those podcasts out, homies. But now, Are we jumping, diving right, in? jumping right back into today's topic. We're which, black. <laughs> which is, we're black. <laughs> um, but so... When we first start, like when we were first discussing this podcast and like doing a podcast together, I was like, okay, we have to have an episode about black people in horror. Like that was the one episode that I knew that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, because um, it's a big thing. There's a lot, there's a lot to unpackage there. There is. There is a lot to unpack. And also like, I know I, I keep saying it, but being black people, I think, like, the role that black people have had in horror, it's definitely something worth talking about. And obviously, you know, it's something that I think we've both probably paid attention to our entire lives, 
mm-hmm. not only in the horror genre, you know, in all aspects of entertainment, but I think specifically the relationship that black people have had with the horror genre is one worth noting and discussing. I know we're like a slightly late to the boat because the documentary that we're going to be kind of going back and forth about today is called Horror Noir, and it came out last year mm-hmm. on Shudder. I still think it's like just as important to talk about today as it was when it first came out. So I'm excited to have a little bit of a discussion because I honestly, I don't think we've ever really had too much of a discussion about. No, like, not really. Specifically in the horror genre, I don't think we've ever really gotten to. Yeah, because it's one of those things that I feel like, you know, when you go, when you're watching horror movies with other people of color, like, there's like a universal, universal, I get it, that I feel like we all kind of have when it comes to like the roles that we see ourselves in and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so getting to watch this documentary and then sit down and talk about it, like, I learned so much watching this, Um, a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. that I had no idea I knew nothing about, especially as a kid that grew up in the 90s. Like, a lot of this stuff is kind of precursor to that. And so it was really interesting to take a quick tour down, you know, where we've come in this genre and, like, where we are now, um, now here in 2020, and just, like, how far we've come all together. Um, It's pretty wild. Like, it's been a pretty wild journey. Yeah, it really has. Um, And I... I definitely think that that's true. Like watching horror movies with other people of color, it's like it's this it's almost this joke where as soon as you see a minority on screen, you just look at each other. Everyone's just like, like, "Bye, RIP." (laughs) Like, (laughs) see you later. Yeah, because it's just kind of this joke now where you expect that they're probably not going to make it out of whatever situation that they're in alive mm-hmm. and also it's like either that's the joke or the joke is like you wouldn't you like come on girl like you're smarter than that black people don't put themselves in this kind of a situation yeah, like why true. are you out in the woods like i feel like that's you one know, of, like, like you know better like yeah, why you are you going better. camping with them by a mm-hmm. lake by a lake my girl by a lake <laughs> yeah it's like, what are you going to do at a lake? Yeah, it's like those, <laughs> those, it's like this idea where you're like, okay, sure. But I I really enjoyed this documentary. Like, it's on Shudder. It's called Horror Noir. Yeah. Um, check it out if, you know, this is a top, topic that is of interest to you. Because they do. Yeah, they go into a lot of backstory, a lot of history, a lot of movies and things that i had never heard of and it's a cool easy breezy like what hour and a half yeah it's a quick watch it's very succinct and they do they deep dive like even more so than we probably will do here today like if you Mm want to get like all the nitty-gritty information from that definitely just check out the documentary it is a hundred percent worth a watch um especially if you enjoy horror and you are a minority or a person of color, like I think you will resonate a lot with this documentary and the things that they have to say. Um, mm-hmm. 
but I mean, you know, I feel like we could dive into it. So this yeah. is a this is specifically a Shutter original. So like you you have to use Shutter in order to see it. Which Shutter in itself actually has some really cool content on there for you to check out. So if you haven't yet um, checked out this streaming service, you really should. Uh, yeah. Just to clarify, this is not a sponsored podcast by Shutter. But Shutter, but if you want to sponsor us, <laughs> yeah, you know, um, holla, holla at your homies. Like we're down, but <laughs> yeah, like Shutter, if you if you wanted it to be, <laughs> you know, go ahead, check out Shutter. But if you don't want it to be, then you know, it's whatever. <laughs> it's whatever. You guys can do what you want. I don't care. But also, they have a seven week or like a one week free free trial. trial. Yeah, yeah. I said seven weeks. Yeah, I was Sorry, like, guys. we should promote days. that because I'd be like, oh, excuse us. <laughs> But maybe if you were our sponsor, I would have said that correctly. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Well, the so the documentary itself is um, based off a book by Dr. Robin R. Means Coleman, and it's directed by Xavier Bergen. And it's got a, a Bergen? Bergen? I think it's Bergen. But the, it has mm-hmm. a lot of people in it. Like, there are a ton of people that make appearances in this, from Jordan Peele to... Uh, Tony Todd, you know, freaking Candyman. You got William Crane. Like, there, there is a ton of people in this. Um, some faces that you'll probably recognize from different eras and periods of black horror and and the genre. But it's really cool to see them all gather and kind of talk about this specific topic. And I, I really enjoyed, for one, I really enjoyed the way that they kind of frame this out, just looking at the documentary itself. Because they kind of go from basically the start of you know black people in horror and kind of in cinema too and they kind of explore Mm -hmm. it throughout the years um Mm -hmm. the the documentary itself starts out with um get out which is i think appropriate because i mean i've always loved the movie and like it's always been a movie that's resonated and stuck with me but even after watching this it's kind of solidified in my brain that Get Out's probably one of the most important black films that have ever been made, like bar mm-hmm. none. And like, I don't know, I don't know if today I want to say like it's the most important black film ever, but I do think for the genre specifically, it's definitely one of the most important ones. So I think it was a good move to start out the documentary on that topic. Yeah, Get Out. Get Out is basically like the bookends of this documentary because they start with Get Out and then they end with it. Like they kind of come back around, mm-hmm. um, which, yeah, I think it's a great example of, you know, once once they get past Get Out and they start to go back, I think it's a great example of like how far we've come and how many strides we've made yeah. in this genre. So, yeah, I, I think it was a great like kind it- of. It was a great framing. Right. And like, I <laughs> think Get Out's a great example, too, because like. I feel like universally a lot of people just like Get Out, you know, like across mm-hmm. the board, most people were huge fans of Get Out. And to start with something that most people are fans of and to look at the history of how this even happened is um, it's pretty intriguing. Um, so we kind of start back in like the old and olden days, aka like the early 1900s, where um, we we're talking, they decided to talk about um, D.W. Griffith's the birth of a nation which is an adaptation from thomas dixon's the klansman and this movie basically depicts 
uh, man in blackface, not a black man, but a man in blackface being lynched by the Klan. And the the thing about this movie is not only was it, um, you know, a racist ass movie, but like mm-hmm. um, it was one of the first films to ever be screened in the White House. And then it was also a movie that was endorsed by Woodrow Wilson. So it's like, I mean, just right off the bat, right, to have one of the, because this is the early days of cinema. Like, cinema is still, in the early 1900s, like, cinema is still getting its footing. Like, we're just now kind of entering the movie era and, like, movies are becoming bigger. So to have one of the first depictions of black people on a screen be not even a, not even a black person in general, but for it to be blackface and then for them to be hunted down by the heroes of this movie, which are the Klansmen, is like, that's just, I mean, that that goes to show you, like, what a jump, right, from that to get out and, like, how we managed to do that over the years is fucking huge. Mm-hmm. Um, like, question for you is, did you, had you known about this film before? Like, had you seen it or anything like that? I've never seen it, but I knew about it. Yeah. Like, I've heard about it before i've seen it referenced in like a couple of different like you know history of cinema type things Mm -hmm. but no i've never seen like footage from it well besides now but yeah i've never seen anything from it before yeah i had i had heard the name and like i had kind of known a little bit of the history about it from you know us going to school for uh entertainment and movies in general and like kind of learning about it but like i never i'd never actually seen i realized i had never seen anything from it until this documentary and it was it was really unnerving to honestly watch that um mm-hmm. it's like it, it put a weird feeling in my stomach to know that like there was a point in time where people went to go see Klansmen lynch black people and like that was entertainment value you know like that that just mm-hmm. sat in such a weird fucking place for me to just know that that's kind of where we had to come from, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. the thing is, and they explore this, too, is, like, a lot of the early 20s and 30s were, we would have, so you would see black people on the screen, but we were always depicted as certain stereotypes, right? Like, either we were bumbling, deficient, just basically tribes people, or we're like feral animals, but we're not. We're we're in the early days of cinema. We we, we never got to be humanized. Like that was that was a big thing. Is like even if we were on the screen, we weren't on the screen as actors, as humans, as anything of the sort. We were we were we were black people. It was this whole different this whole different subgenre, this whole different category of 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 creature, which mm-hmm. is like that 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 sucks. First and foremost, that's awful. Um, yeah. but you know, throughout the years, we, we, we kind of dealt with this for the early years until, um, we got, um, Oscar Michaud, who was, uh, one of the first black men. I, I think he was actually the first black man to make a film, make a film, like to have like a film play in like a white theater. Um, mm-hmm. And he also had, and he also made a film starring one of the pioneering black actresses, uh, Elvin Pereer. And I mean, what Oscar did for the industry is huge, right? Like he produced the first movie by a black person, and then not only that, 
but he also later on in his career did a uh, a follow-up movie to a birth of a nation called within our gates and that was a direct response to the imagery that we were having of black people to the time because what he what he did was he created movies that had black people being actual human beings and not just being these tribes people or feral people like now now we're seeing black people actually living modern everyday lives like human beings and we're getting that depiction on screen which is huge for us like that's a big win mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but then post that the documentary goes into another very important prominent figure within black cinema who was spencer williams who kind of started off first doing this movie called son of uh ingagi which was another like when you go back and you look like you'd notice that a lot of the times the the early black creators had to just make reference films to kind of the racist shit that they were seeing on screen because the original like ingagi was uh, it was made by a white by a white creator, and it was essentially the story of Africans having relationships with monkeys and then producing these like feral monkey humanoid creatures. And mm-hmm. it was supposed to be a true film um, that really fucking happened. And like, even according to the documentary, like even white people were like, that that's just not true. Like that that makes no fucking yeah. sense, right? Um, so what Son of Son of Ungagi was was it was a black scientist woman, which A, that's fucking huge, right? To have a woman who's a person of color be on screen and is a scientist, but she's working with this like kind of ape human like creature, right? And then throughout the movie, instead of it being like this commentary about tribal evil monkey men from Africa, we actually get to see black lawyers and a black wedding and black people Mm -hmm. just being black on screen, living normal fucking lives, which now I feel like today, right? That sounds that sounds like normal. It'd be like, okay, whatever. But back then that was fucking huge to just be shown as humans on screen. That was, that was a big fucking deal. Yeah. Well, but I don't know. Like, I feel like it still is sometimes kind of a big, like it's not as much of a big deal now, but I do feel like more so in the last few years than ever before, you're seeing more roles where it's like, being black isn't the thing that defines the character. Like they're just like a person and they're also black and they have, you know, these, and it's like, okay, yeah, black people also have this, like they're human and they have this like regular life and regular existence. And it's not like, oh, but like, it's not these black stereotypes and that's like the defining thing about the character. Like, yeah. I, 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 I mean, obviously it's more like of a thing today, but yeah. I do think that even in the last few years, I've been seeing more characters where like, they just so happen to be played by a black actor or actress. That's not like everything about the character. Like, yeah. They also have a life. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not, it's literally not just about the color of their skin mm-hmm. and like, 
I mean, and the the documentary goes into a couple of the kind of stereotypical things that people were dealing with in the past, right? Like before, because you have to understand too, right? Like this, uh, this movie, this revolution within the movie industry, right, is all happening in tandem with a lot of civil rights and black people still finding their footing in America because, I mean, we're still dealing with segregation at this point in time. Like this is the early, like, 40s and 50s and shit so it's like black people had more rights now than they had in the past but like we were still we were still fighting for you know basic human rights and basic human necessities and even to make it within the movie industry as a person of color was had to have been just this this mountain of a task i'd only imagine because like mm-hmm. you'd only get you'd only get so many roles. I feel like back then as a black person, like either you were a servant to somebody in their family, you were the comic fucking relief, or is like some dumb just idiot, or you were like a voodoo witch doctor. Like if you weren't one of those three things back in like the forties through the fucking fifties, like you weren't on the screen at all. Mm-hmm. And so the documentary kind of goes through the years and kind of explores like how that kind of changed over time where like we had this period of time where we were just getting the stereotypical roles, right? Which was in like the 19, like from like the 1920s to the 1940s. And then we go through this period of time in the 1950s and 60s where a lot of people call this the atomic age where a lot of people are doing more scientific movies. Like you're seeing a lot of these movies taking place in labs and like we're dealing with like space travel and like aliens, all this stuff. And because it was revolving around people of science, all of a sudden we weren't seeing black people on the screen anymore because Mm -hmm. at the time black people weren't viewed as intelligent enough to play the scientists or like the lead scientists in a a laboratory role. And it's like that, that it kind of brings up the first, I feel like, double-edged sword of this whole conversation right of like in the early days when you didn't have very many options of like what you could be as a black actor or actress like what's worse like have being stuck into all these stereotypical roles or not being in the roles period like i Mm -hmm. that's always been like one of those hard things that even today i feel like it's kind of hard to navigate i don't know if you feel the same way yeah, I mean, I think so. I think, like, with any minority um, actor, like, whether it's because of your race or your sexuality, if you're playing these characters that are written as very much, like, you and your heart know this is not fucking real life and yeah. this is not realistic and true to a character... Are, are true to a real person um yeah i mean it's hard because you're like do i just kind of let it go and play this character and just accept that this is a character or do i stand my ground and hold it and be like no i would be disappointed if i kind of let myself do this but then at the same time it's almost like okay but if i don't play this someone else is still gonna do it or yeah. they're gonna bring in someone who may not even be of my race or something. I mean, they would not dare to do this now, but you know, (laughs) back, back then it could be the thought of like, okay, well they might just hire someone who's not even my race and just, 
it might be a Mickey Rooney and Breakfast at Tiffany's type beat where yeah, they're like, oh, like, well, we can't, well, we can't get an Asian person. guy. Like, okay, we'll just bring in Mickey Rooney, throw yeah. some teeth on him. And, like, fuck uh, it, he'll do the role. And like, yeah, honestly, and if I got paid for every fucking time I had to read for like the fucking criminal or the thug or the urban kid or like all that shit. It's like, I wouldn't need to act in the fucking first place. <laughs> I'd be rolling in the dough. I'd be rolling in that fucking money, <laughs> yeah. man. It's ridiculous. And like a lot of times I always feel like some or there's there's got there's a chunk of those roles, right? They're actually like good roles that have like a good story or something like that. But a lot of times it just feels like you're being typecast. And it's hard to just give your all in those sort of like auditions or reading for those sort those type of roles because it's just like I've already fucking been here. Like I've already yeah, explored this fucking story. This. Right. Well, and I think, too, like, I really want to let this be known because I, I do think a lot of times that people hear um, actors or people complaining about, oh, well, there's not enough diversity or why is this the only role? And I don't think people always understand, like, it's really, especially when you're, what you want to do is be an entertainer and you want to be an actor. Like these sort of things are really, really frustrating because yeah. it's, you know, if this is the job that you want to do, but there's only so many t like roles that they're willing to allow you to do and like like i i would love to be in a horror movie and i've always thought that it would be so much fun to be in one and i think that now i would have more roles that i could maybe step into but when i was younger i was like okay well but if i'm gonna be in a horror movie like i i'm only gonna be the friend or the sidekick yeah. and i also was like and i also don't know if they're looking for people like me, like people that sound like me. Am I urban enough? Am I going to fit that like hip hop friend, hip hop yeah. best friend with the like sassy wisecracks? Am I going to sound right for that? You know, it's like that kind of thing that you have to think about. And that's frustrating because yeah. you should like, have not to only, worry. Not only are you being typecast and only getting like a certain type of role, but then like how many times are you like reading a role and like am i fucking black enough for this goddamn role yeah. like it's yeah. like there's a like even if you don't fit that stereotype they want you to do that stereotype because that's that's their personification of like who we are and like our culture and how it would look on the screen mm -hmm. and like the worst part is is like even if you then take that role, right, and then you do it really well, they're just going to call you in to keep doing that role because they'll be like, oh, that person can right. play the the urban kid really well. We need an urban kid for this for this movie. Let's pull this person in. And, like, there's just mm -hmm. such a large fucking period of time in the movie industry where that, that – I mean, that's, that's even surpassing – just the horror genre too that's just like mm -hmm. being a non-white actor or actress period is like these are the things that you get right yeah it's like okay you, like do i play this as my like how i am do i try mm -hmm. and up my 
you know, blackness and try and be like, you know, this wise cracking like, person that's not, you know, that's probably going to sound very, very weird yeah. coming from me. Not, and I get it, you know, you're an actor, act. But at the same time, I think that being an actor is knowing your limits and knowing to be like, okay, well, if you want me to talk like that, I'm going to sound stupid. Like, it's going to sound really dumb and it's okay. not going to sound authentic. But it's okay, like a fucking sure. caricature. <laughs> yeah. And I want to, and kind of talking on that, I want to move into like some of the movies that they discuss mm -hmm. because I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. And which came out in 1968, mm -hmm. um, which also, by the way, homies, there might be some spoilers um, about some of these movies. However, Night of the Living Dead came out in 1968, like where you yeah. been. Um, so I'm not too worried about this one. <laughs> but so uh, Night of the Living Dead is, you've probably seen clips from it. Even if you've never seen this movie, it gets referenced a lot in horror movies, um, but it's a black and white film it's a zombie movie but basically it's this group of people all end up in this like farmhouse um because they're escaping from these zombies but it just so happens that one person that is in this farmhouse is a black man and everybody else in the farmhouse is white and he kind he becomes the hero of the movie he kind of takes charge and it like and that's one of those things where he is very he sounds very educated and he you know is so not a stereotype that role could have been played by anybody and they even say in the documentary that you know that he just so happened to be the best actor for the role mm -hmm. they never were you know going at it trying to hire a person of color but he was the fit the best fit for it and that story though however just gets elevated to an entirely different level because not only do you have this situation with the zombies outside you have this now also race issue inside where like he's having to take charge and people don't really want to listen to him and it ends i also think the ending of that movie would not have been nearly as impactful if he wasn't a black man. Yeah, because it mirrors so heavily what's going on during the time, too, because, like, not only is it wild and crazy to have basically a black leading man, educated black leading man in this horror film, but this is during, like, the Birmingham riots and stuff. Like, this is... This is in the heat of the civil rights movement when people are being hosed down and attacked by dogs and like outside fighting for their freedoms. And we, during this period of time, get a movie with an actual black hero in it. And then the ending happens, which I don't know if you want to talk about, but that ending is heartbreaking to me. Yeah, um, it is. So, so the way that it ends is yeah he ends up being the only one who survives and he comes out or and so he's you know all alone by himself now there's basically like a a group of 
white people that like a mob that has yeah. been going around killing they're called like the posse or something like that mm -hmm. yeah they've just been going around like picking off the zombies and they see him and he's not he hasn't he's not a zombie he hasn't been bitten he's fine but they see him and they shoot him and he they kill him um so yeah it's like he went through all of that only to be shot by a group of white men that were going around you know vigilantes which yeah i think takes on a whole another meaning when you have this race issue um it's just really yeah, yeah. it's really they, they tell, <laughs> sad they ending even, they even talk about it in the documentary though that it's crazy the timing of it but like george romero was on his way with the movie to go show it right and this is right around the time that martin luther king got shot so it's like not only do you have this film that's like depicting this brave black hero who ultimately just gets gunned down after everything he does um, to try and save everybody, but then it also mirrors, uh, you know, Martin Luther King being assassinated for trying to do basically the same fucking thing, and like it was it was huge. Like I. Truth be told, until watching this documentary, I didn't really know like how impactful that movie was to mm. just black cinema and cinema in general. Like I, I had enjoyed the movie just for the you know fact that I've always loved zombies, um, but its cultural impact was uh, that that was news to me, and I, I didn't realize that. But mm -hmm. that could be a symptom of me just being too young and not really fully understanding. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think too. It's a great movie. I would recommend watching it to anybody who's never seen it. It still holds up. But I wonder, too, because, like, I guess watching it now, like, in the time that we live in, I guess, and not really knowing, like, too much about the year it came out and everything that was going on in that, it might not hold, you know, as much until yeah. you kind of look into all of that and you're like no this is like this was crazy back this was like groundbreaking back then yeah because like we're kind of we're getting more used to seeing black people on screen now like it's less of a foreign idea to us fucking thankfully but that's kind of like the nature of it so yeah if you don't know the details behind it you're like uh it's a good movie i guess right like mm-hmm yeah so Ooh, wait actually i have a question for you because this this kind of blew my mind but all right before watching this documentary did you realize that king kong was racist because i never put those two and two together see no i didn't i've never thought that way about any of those monster movies um no <laughs> i didn't i didn't i didn't think that about king kong i didn't think that about the creature from the black lagoon yeah um because i've always just seen them as monsters you know these like things from another world um so no yeah it's like the documentary presents this idea of the fact that i mean outside of the king kong one because the king kong one is just kind of it's a little blatant now that they point it out. And I don't know if this documentary actually kind of ruined King Kong for me. <laughs> but it's this whole idea that um, there's a period in time where in horror, like we couldn't have black people, but they were kind of being replaced by monsters. So it's like the the monsters were taking the place of black people in films. And 
it's just pushing this ideology that um you know this isn't a place for us like this genre and this world isn't a place that as a black person you're going to strive and like that kind of sucks because like a lot of these movies and a lot of these like creature features are what the horror genre is like built upon like they're the they're basically the foundation of where horror came from so it sucks to realize that you're you're the you're not represented during that period of time Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah i don't know i was i was it was something i'd never really thought about i guess right um and i don't think that that can be said for all of like monsters yeah i don't think it's like a blanket like across Mm -hmm. the board but they they gave some pretty um some pretty good examples that um, I think more so like now moving forward in time, kind of I might go back and like take a look at some of these things for myself and kind of become a little bit more knowledgeable about them. Mm-hmm. Um, but along those same lines, though, of like the effects of like creature features and horror and black people um, moving a little bit forward in time, we the documentary explores the whole black exploitation era, which. Truth be told, I feel like I was very naive and ignorant of. I'm gonna be honest, because mm-hmm. like a lot, a lot of the stuff that they were talking about during this era. So the black exploitation era, um, to sum it all up, is around in the 70s. Uh, black people had finally been able to make it onto the big screen, right? Like we were finally being shown more and more in cinema. However, now instead of being stereotyped as servants and um, feral creatures, now we're all pimps and hoes. Like, that, we're, we're in the pimps and hoes era of black people on screen. And the, the weird thing about it is, like, I feel like there are, like, there's something about that time, and it could just be a nostalgia thing for people that didn't live through that era, right? Like, as a 90s kid, I see movies like Shaft and, like, Superfly, and I'm like, oh, those movies are dope. Like, it's black people on screen being cool and doing black shit and mm-hmm. not realizing what it actually was for the time of just them kind of milking the stereotype to make money with these, like, essentially low-budget films. Yeah, but I mean, every era has something like that. Like, every era has a very specific, at least to me, like, so 70s, it's like, oh, there's pimps and, you know, like, pimps and hoes, and that's the thing, right? That's, like, all the movies show. And then I guess for the 80s, it's like, Oh, they break dance and they got the boom box on their shoulders and like they mm-hmm. they uh rap, like they rap rep- on every on every street corner the freestyling and then like you get to the nineties yeah, and it's like oh man they're all selling drugs they're all thugs they like you know ride around the neighborhood and you know like I feel like every era has this very specific like stereotype like timeline almost yeah, <laughs> they're just yeah. kind of going down where it's like okay now it's this one and then like the early 2000s i feel like was like then it started showing um it was like they're in high school and 
they're on a hard path, but then they get into poetry. And then at the end of the movie, we do a freeze frame where we tell you where they all ended up. Like every era. Has <laughs> and, like, and, and then the black character did not end up in prison yeah, in this one. Yeah. It's a fucking win, and y'all. Like, Jamal, Jamal graduated with honors and opened up a a convenience store on the same corner that his mom lives at and it's like he's a hero he's a hero and there's like faith evans is like playing in the background <laughs> so i mean <laughs> but but no it, yeah it's like um i think i think especially now like looking back on that time because we know that it's very much it's it's you know it's a caricature almost it's played up it's you know meant to be kind of uh stereotypical i think watching it now and looking back you can say to yourself okay like i enjoy this for what it is it's fun but i know that you know black people aren't doing all that but at the time if people see that and think like oh yeah then like that's how it is it's it's harder to kind of like pull out of that because that's what everybody expects from you rather than like looking at it from the future like looking at it from the present into the past i feel like you're like okay this is like obviously ridiculous yeah i feel like you know a couple years in the future like i'm watching stuff like shaft and i'm like i'm celebrating the idea that there's this cool fly dude on the screen and like every time you say shaft to like your friends, everybody knows the kind of uh, the little jingle that goes along with it. Like I, I, I found like a weird sense of pride in it to know that like during the 70s, like we were even on the screen, like even yeah. in my early conceptual days of like wanting to become an actor or like get involved in the movie industry. It's like getting to see people in the past be on screen was important to me. And like, even though it, might have been under this lens of stereotype it still it still had a positive effect on me i think as a kid yeah um, and i mean i think that this yes um it is exploitative you know and that is what it's meant to be but then at the same time i do think that there is something to be said about perhaps being a little girl in the 70s and seeing pam greer up on the mm-hmm. big screen that was probably with, with, ins- like that was probably insane and something at that point you probably had never seen before. So I can't I don't think you can disregard that that was probably a very exciting and new thing. And that little girl probably was like, I want to be Pam Greer when I grow up. And yeah. I think that there is something to be said about that. Is it the most amazing representation? No, but. There is, is it representation period? Yes, but there is representation and they are kicking ass. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And like they're jumping over cars. They're kicking people yeah, with stilettos. They look dope. They're like their afros on display, you know, like and I, I get it. But at the same time, yeah, it's like there is representation. And I think that that is very important. And that what we had then definitely led us to the path that we are on so yeah and there were good things during the that era too because like i mean blackula was fucking huge like yeah. blackula with william marshall was 
fucking nuts because it was fucking black dracula like who thought that we would ever within any timeline get to fucking see that like that's insane Mm -hmm. yeah like that that whole notion that this character could even conceptually be anything other than white was i'm sure for the time fucking revolutionary Mm -hmm. like i remember so i remember back when i was younger and i was trying to like start getting into acting right it was right around the time that the uh that the harry potter movies were um in in conception they hadn't like come out yet but i remember like they were doing these you know quote unquote open casting calls for like the kids to be in harry potter and like i remember being in like i think i was in like middle school or something like that but i'd be like sitting at home like really trying to think about whether or not like i could be harry potter and at the time i really actually believed it and mm-hmm. like i knew because i'd read all the books it's like i knew he wasn't black but like still i had this this burning desire to want to be that character and the idea of even just a chance to try and be that character i think excited me at the time mm-hmm. and like I think for somebody who was growing up during the era that Blackula came out, like to see a black Dracula, a character that has been known all the way up until this point to be a white character as something any as something other than white had to have just rewired their brain to think like, oh shit, what else can we do? Because like they weren't of the same degree, but like during that time we still got like black Frankenstein and like we got the black versions of a lot of predominantly white um horror tropes which is like even if they weren't good you know they still fucking existed like Mm -hmm. we still got to explore that even if just for like a small period of time yeah well and i think that this is something that we've talked about before is like the idea that to see that and be like hey i could be that for halloween and people would know what Mm -hmm. i was um Mm -hmm. like i have a character that looks like me that i can dress up as and be recognizable and i can very specifically say like oh i'm blackula like no i'm not just dracula i'm blackula i'm blackula <laughs> yeah hi nice to meet you i'm blackula what's what's your name <laughs> yeah so and i mean even now like to this day that's something that i think about anytime that i see a horror movie coming out that has like black characters in it i'm like okay cool i could be that for halloween and i'll be dope like I, yeah, I think that that is something that's really important and taking these kind of characters and these figures that are very recognizable and making them like accessible to all sorts of people, I think is awesome. And the Mm -hmm. fact that it was done then and that Blackula was like cool and he was getting shit done and he was like real smooth. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that that was like dope like he was a cool motherfucker like yeah, he really cool was cat. like mm-hmm. like why would you not want to be blackula like normal dracula is lame compared to blackula like mm-hmm. yeah so yeah like that was that was nuts especially yeah. at the time uh and then <laughs> so i want to talk about the the shining okay Let's talk about the shining. Because let's talk about. I'm it. glad that they brought it up because that is one of the things that always disappointed me about the movie was mm-hmm. 
yeah, the fact that like Scatman Crothers, like they are, they play this up so much in the movie that like he can shine and him and Danny can shine and he has this connection to Danny and he can kind of tell that something's wrong and he's there the whole movie. We keep popping in on this guy and then he gets there. My man put pushes the door open, gets in two steps and is out without a fight. Takes like, an axe straight to the chest. My your boy is done. He doesn't even get a moment of any kind of heroic like <laughs> arc he doesn't get to walk around the hotel at all he just mm -mm. walks in through the door and is immediately killed and i like something about that always just didn't sit right with me it didn't make sense i don't think that it was necessary to show that jack was a threat because i already felt he was a threat he had already tried to kill his wife, had already tried to kill his child. You can tell that he is violent and a threat without him needing to kill Dick. So it almost just felt like Dick meant nothing. The only reason that Dick was there was, yeah, to be the magical Negro, to tell Danny how to, sh to show Danny how to shine mm -hmm. and then to die. And especially now that I'm older and I've read the book and I know that he survives the book and the book is still had that same like effect on me. I still was in the book. I still felt like Jack was a huge violent present in the book and Dick survived it and it was fine. Like it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> like I just always thought that that was such a like cop out and yeah. the magical negro is something they, t they talk about in the documentary which is basically just the black person that is there to um has some kind of wisdom or has some kind of sp special ability and they're there to s like help slash save the white protagonist like that's yeah. really their only um reason for being in, it, in yeah. the film yeah the, and well, I was just saying the, the doc, like, because the doc kind of goes into the three different categories that we kind of fell into starting in the 1980s, right? It's like, it was either the, we die first, we were the sacrificial Negro, which is we didn't die first, but we ended up giving our life to save the white character, or we were the magical Negro, where we're just there to provide some great ethereal magical insight to the more important white characters like those were the three roles the three little categories that we would fall into mm -hmm. yeah and like there's a lot of times in movies where it's just way too obvious like even even when i was younger i would notice that in movies like the when they first brought it up the first movie that i thought of was i still know what you did last summer mm -hmm. and there's a character in that movie have you seen that movie 
Uh, not in a very long time, honestly. So there's a character in that movie. He's like doing voodoo and stuff throughout the movie. And you find out that he's trying to put a protection spell on the main characters. But he is literally there to give them information. And then he dies. And he's yeah. an old black man. They play it up like he's this red herring where they think that he's like this witch doctor who's like trying to do shit to them. And I remember being so it's so unnecessary in the movie. What you know what else is unnecessary? Jack motherfucking black with his little <laughs> Rastafarian thing he was trying to do in that movie. It's oh, completely unnecessary. That's a conversation for another day. But <laughs> like yeah, he's just this very much unnecessary character who after, legitimately right after giving this information and being played up as this red herring it dies like right after that it's just dead and yeah. then another one that i thought of was the lady from jeepers creepers oh yeah now she one. doesn't die mm -hmm. but her only reason for being in that movie is to give our main protagonists information information to, to tell it. yeah to tell them what the month the creature is like that's her only purpose of being in that movie is because she just they needed somebody to explain the creature's lore to the main characters so you randomly have this woman who is Fuck like it, i'm just make psychic <laughs> yeah and they were like ah oh, let's throw a little bit of flavor in this movie and then yeah and then you have her and she just gives this exposition and then she's like kind of just yeah. there <laughs> like the movie like the documentary definitely explores that whole idea of and like i've made that joke i i can't even count the amount of times i've said to somebody like when we're talking about horror movies like either we die first or we die second to last like i always say that to people i didn't mm -hmm. have the terminology behind that back when i would make those jokes but the idea was still implanted in my brain just from the movies i'd seen and seeing myself on screen within the horror genre is like i know i'm not going to make it to the end mm -hmm. and what the variance there is where in the movie i'm going to die but right. my representation will die within mm -hmm. this movie and if you don't it's like a shock it's more shocking to survive then <laughs> yeah it would it's, be it's the crazy you, thing yeah had been killed it's like when they make it to the end i'm like is there gonna be one final like gotcha like, there's gotta be kill? right like yeah the, 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 the main villain's gotta make one more slash like there's no way they make it all the way through this movie yeah it's like in uh freaking uh freddy versus jason kelly mm -hmm. Rowland's dumbass gets basically to the end of the movie and then is like i'll distract I'll distract Freddy. Yeah, and she plays she the dies. sacrificial. Yeah, and then she dies. And um, one of the examples that they used in the movie, which I think is a great example of one that's happened more recently, that was preposterous, was in Annabelle. Oh, yeah. That one yeah. was that disrespectful. One was yeah, that was disrespectful. That was mad. <laughs> that was mad fucking disrespectful. So disrespectful. Like, no like, reason. Bruh, the audacity that they had <laughs> to let this woman fall out of that wind. Like, they're, the, main, the character in that movie, well, the main character is, like, this woman, and she has this baby, and she's trying to protect the baby from the Annabelle demon. And she meets this black woman along the way 
who basically offers herself up as a sacrifice in the end and kills herself so that the main white protagonist can live. And they literally painted her as if that was like what she was born into this life to do was to kill herself for this woman that she's known for literally a week. Like they knew each other for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. I was like, I've known some like I've known some fast food cashiers longer than they knew (laughs) each other. And I would not throw myself out of a window like I've had them. laundry in the corner of my room for a longer period of for time than y'all far. relationship. Yes. And that w- that movie was not that really that long ago. And it was just so unnecessary. Like Yeah. And the audacity the, they had to put that in the script. <laughs> one of the things that I feel like makes it stand out more too is just the whole concept of representation as well, right? Is like it stands out a lot more that we die first or second to last in the movies because usually there's not that fucking many of us in the movie to begin with. Mm-hmm. So it's very clear that when there's only one of us, what's going to happen? Like right. this, this whole notion gets a lot easier to circumvent if you just have more than one fucking black person in the movie in the first place so mm-hmm. that if one of them dies it's not like all right we've killed off the entire race within this the confines of this movie it's like just have more of us on screen it won't stand out as much like y'all yeah. can off us in a little bit more secrecy it's not so blatant and in our yeah. face and the thing about it is well first of all this is like I just have to bring up the the joke from Scary Movie 2 when they're like let's all split up and all the black people end up in the group together and they're like we're going to die like, we're going to die y'all and they start crying but it's mm-hmm. like like uh, it's true it's one of those things where I'm not upset that they die like it's a scary movie people are gonna die if i was in a scary movie i wouldn't mind dying like you know it's we expect a body count in a scary movie my issue is when that is all their character was there for was to be like nothing but the black person the black sidekick Mm -hmm. that is there to die and i'm like just Give them something else, like give yeah. them uh, some kind of story to them. You make them more than just there for the main character. For the, for the kill count or just yeah. as an accessory to the fucking story. Yeah, they're they're so obviously there because, oh, I'm just the main character's best friend. And mm-hmm. I ask them how they're doing and if they're okay and then i die and i i know nothing about this girl i barely know her name um yeah who rachel, is she nobody rachel knows true rachel true in the documentary has a great little portion where mm-hmm. she talks about how like she just learned to say are you okay in a thousand different ways because she knew during that time like she's not going to get to play the main girl. Like she's, as a black woman, she's going to play the best friend. And so instead of getting to audition for all these roles, she had to just master the one line that she knew that she was going to get. 
And that's mm-hmm. one of those like harsh realities of just being a person of color within the industry, especially during that time, is like knowing all of the limitations and like hurdles that you're going to have to like deal with. And then unfortunately having to accept some of them just because like it's either you fall into this mold of what they want from you or you don't get work. And like that, that that's a huge decision to make. And though granted, well, I do love that because like the latter half of this movie or this documentary explores the, you know, the past like 30 years have been, I think, really good as a whole for people of color within specifically the horror genre, too, um, because, I mean, they make a great point that in the 90s, thank, I mean, not only thanks to like Spike Lee's surgeons within black cinema and getting us so many um, dope um you know, black movies just to have on the screen. But we get stuff like, you know, Tales from the Hood. We get Candyman, which I'm like, mm-hmm. you say Candyman to any black person that's from around that time, you know they fucking know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, we we get some of these kind of cult classics for us, which is mm-hmm. like, that. I think that's huge. And that, that's like a big step forward. And just like, now we're starting, like from the 90s on, we're finally starting to get some horror movies that feel like they were made for us. Mm-hmm. And I think that was huge for a lot of black people. Yeah. You got a lot of good ones. Like the like the people under the stairs. Mm-hmm. You have bones. Mm-hmm. And yeah, even more so than just seeing black people in horror, they also get to be like the heroes again. Yeah. They're they're saving the day um you know they are fighting back they're more so the protagonists um so you get to see them be colorful they get to be all kinds of things in these movies they're not like completely one-dimensional and the storytelling is you know featuring things that are important to the black community but also acknowledging the fact that like Black people like horror movies, too, when they want to see like yeah, they want to see horror stories that appeal to them. And yeah. so, yeah, you start to get a lot of different kind of like movies with predominant, um, you know, either black cast or just, you know, more people of color in general in the cast. And so, yeah, the 90s and even going into the early 2000s was like a huge, a huge time. Yeah, you're seeing more of us. Uh, The documentary even goes into the fact that we're finally starting to see some black final girls, which is huge because like Mm -hmm. not not only has this industry just been harsh for black people in general, it's like it's twofold for black women, like. The amount of time it took to like really get a badass black woman like kicking ass and surviving a horror movie, um, uh, they referenced Jada Pickett and Tales from the Crypt Demon Night and like her performance there of like you think throughout the entire thing she's gonna die like there's no way she fucking makes it and lo and behold she is the final girl and she saves the fucking world like that's huge like we mm-hmm. finally get to we finally get to see that on screen and like we see even more like in the coming years um they reference which is actually is not a movie i movie i haven't seen but i really want to see is the girl with all the gifts like they kept bringing Mm -hmm. up that movie and 
what it seems to have done for the time was super cool. And I definitely want to check out that movie. Um, and it's just the, that period of time of now we're getting, now we're getting black people on screen. We're getting black people on screen within horror movies and we're actually having some of these movies do well. It's starting to push this new idea and notion that these movies aren't a risk. Like you're not taking a risk by having people of color have more prominent roles in these things. You're just giving more opportunities to people of color to explore these different roles. And I think mm-hmm. that's what kind of ultimately leads us up to like kind of more the present now where we kind of wrap back around to like get out and like what get out did is like get out was fucking huge. And I uh, did you, what was, so what was your experience with get out just before we go too deep into it? Like what I thought. Like, of did it, you? Or well, like, when did you? Like, did you see it in theaters? Like, yeah. what did you? What were your thoughts? Like, how did you feel seeing Get Out? Like, what what did Get Out kind of do for you when you saw it? Oh yeah, I saw it in theaters. Um, Get Out was one that I specifically wanted to see in theaters because I just thought it would be a lot of fun. Um, and it was. <laughs> it was feeling from the minute that like the switch happens and like the whole ending basically of the movie like everybody Mm -hmm. that was watching it was just hyped like Mm -hmm. everybody i've never like i haven't had a movie experience where everyone's been like cheering and excited and like really into it and clapping like i hadn't had one of those in a long time now granted i don't go to the movie theater very often um but i feel like of movie experiences i've had that one was like one of the more active and it was a pretty full theater like as well so i was like hyped after i saw that movie like i was ready to i was ready to box i was like so <laughs> hyped because there's just so much energy like in the room you know mm-hmm. and i was so happy with the way that it ended and the, yeah. the ride that i had just gone on that and even watching the clips of it in this documentary i was like damn i need to watch that movie again because it's been yeah. a minute but it's just so good and you know, the funny thing is, like, I had kind of a similar experience where it was, like, getting to watch that in, like, a packed theater and watching somebody that I could have played, like, in theory, right? Just somebody that looked anything like me being the main hero of the story and surviving and having people, despite whatever race or nationality they were, cheering this this person on and wanting them to survive. Like, it was, we finally flipped the whole stereotype on its head of, like, instead of waiting for him to die, we're all rooting for him to survive. And I think that was just such a huge shift for the mentality of us within the genre. And, like, I, and that's one of the things that, you know, I know Jordan Peele strives to do that. Like, he said in numerous interviews, like, that's what he wants to do. Is like, he wants to make movies that everybody can like um, within the horror genre, but he wants to make horror movies that black people will enjoy. Like, that's the audience that he's going for. And, like, he's he wants them, he's making the movies that he would want to see. And I think it really shows in how the, the movie's crafted and how it's presented and just, like, I mean, how good it is. Um, 
I thought it was interesting, one of the things that they explored, too, about the ending of Get Out. Because I actually, I had some debates with people about the ending, which, um, spoilers, if you haven't seen it yet, which you really should have seen Get Out by this point. But if mm-hmm. you haven't, um, you might want to skip a little bit. But this whole notion that he makes it in the end, right? And, like, he doesn't. Now, I had heard after seeing the movie that there was an alternate ending, which was the original ending that Jordan Peele had intended, where he would actually be found by the cops and then taken to prison. That was the that was the initial ending and that we would end on that character in prison. And I remember at the time when I heard that, I was like, I had wished that that was the ending because that ending. Yeah, because for me that ending felt more realistic, especially during where we were as people during the time. I was like, based on everything that's been set up and for a movie that's, you know, trying to explore this universe is like, no, this character, if the cops came in that moment, 100% in my head would have gone to jail. And like that for me was like the logical ending for the movie. However, hearing him explain why they ended up changing the ending and hearing other people talk about what the ending meant to them to have the character instead be saved and actually just make it out and not just be another body count or casualty of the genre, but actually be the hero and survive meant so much. Like I, I, after watching this documentary, like I, I changed my notions and I'm completely on board with how the movie ended um yeah i'm so happy that they didn't go with that ending i was always happy that they didn't go with that ending because like see i'm i'm just like a cynic i'm like i know that that's like the dark route that like reality would be in so like that's why i was like man how did they not go with that ending like we all know that's what would have happened but i'm i now now i'm happy with what they did mm -hmm. and i think it's important that they actually did it the way that they did it yeah oh yeah I think so, especially with the way that the movie, like, it was enough for me to know that they had already successfully done this with many people, and, like, that was enough of a loss for me, and so to have a win with this character, I, mm-hmm. like, I was, I was... I needed that. Like I needed him to have the win because yeah. just the idea of them being able to do that too, it seemed like many black people and be successful. And now those people were just stuck and like counting those as losses. I needed him to, I needed him to come out on top. And that's one of the things they talk about it throughout, throughout this documentary too, is like, what's actually scary to us is not the same things that scare um white people is like there are there are some things like police um racial injustice like there there are certain elements and certain topics that are very frightening as a black person that are just as horrific as a fucking monster underneath your bed or some killer coming out to get you is like getting stopped by the cops for some shit that you know you didn't do instills the same level of fear as seeing Michael Myers's fucking face popping up in a window. Like it's, it's one of those things that like, I think 
seeing that end in that ending, I was so indoctr- indoctrinated in that I couldn't see myself getting the win, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. I could not see this character winning. Mm-hmm. We had lost for so long. And as people, we had taken so many L's that, like, it was it was inconceivable to me that this character would somehow make it out of this scenario scot-free. Like, that didn't make sense. I, I guess one of the questions I kind of want to, like, end this off on is, like, how do you feel about the future of not only just like the horror genre after watching this documentary, but like the future of people of color and minorities within the industry, especially after, you know, the success of movies like Get Out and Us. Well, I mean, I feel good. I feel like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing about it is like even take, so we got to, we watched Black Box, which is mm-hmm. like the new like it's part of the 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 blumhouse thing on amazon Mm -hmm. yeah yeah we watched that and like i even think of that movie as a great example of like characters that like black characters that are written very well in the sense that like they could have been played by anybody but it just so happened that these were going to be black characters and I think they did a very good job of like incorporating you know things that felt very familiar to me and like how mm-hmm. I interact with my family and stuff and I want to see more of that because the thing about it like I said like I don't I just want to see all kinds of black people represented Like I, and I think that we're starting to get there. Like I'm starting to see more people like myself on TV, which is something that I didn't ever know if I would see because I, you know, I, for the longest time I was like, I don't sound like the black people on TV and like, I don't have the same interests as what is being shown to me. And like, you know, I just felt very, I was always very proud of what was being represented, but I also never truly felt like I was being totally represented. So yeah, like I'm excited to see just more of Mm -hmm. like that diversity and seeing that as like normal and that can be the lead and like that girl can be the final girl and that guy can be you know he can be the hero and he can or he can be the villain shoot give me more maz like i don't care Mm -hmm. (laughs) like Mm -hmm. i don't care if it's as the villain or as the hero but I am excited to see that represented more because they're out there, like, yeah, you know, obviously. Um, and yeah, so I'm excited to see more of that for sure. And I think we're yeah. going down that path. So, agreed, agreed. I think this is probably the most hopeful I think I've ever felt for non-white actors and actresses and honestly just creators in general to be able to go out and show what they can do and to provide super super cool art for the world to see and 
actually have the opportunities and the chances to fulfill, you know, their, their wants and dreams. Like they, they have a chance now, like we're not, it's not the twenties anymore where you were playing one role and that's it. Or mm-hmm. you never had the chance to direct a movie or to write an Oscar nominated, like you, you, we have chances now and there's still, there's still ways to go for sure. Like we're not perfect, but I think we're at a place that's better than we've ever been. And that's really awesome to see. And like, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of that does um, fall on the backs of like the past, you know, 30 or so years. I mean, all the years that we've fought to get to here, but like the successes that we've seen within quote unquote black cinema, I think have really um, opened some, open some gates for people that weren't that were previously closed and it'll be exciting to see in the next you know however many years the awesome things that people are going to end up being able to create now um i'm very excited for it yeah me too um i i'm very interested in having a discussion about this with our fellow homies um Check out the documentary if you'd like, because they they talk about a lot of movies and um, different, you know, ideas that we didn't touch on today um, Mm -hmm. because there was just a lot. There's a lot. (laughs) But yeah, there's just no way we can fit that all in. No. um, But yeah, check out the documentary if you have Shudder. Um, and if you have watched the documentary already, what were your thoughts on it and what are your thoughts on, you know, black representation in horror films? How do you feel like it's going? I really, really am serious. I would like to have a conversation about this because I, um, I don't know. I just think it's different or it's always nice to hear what different people's opinions and kind of discuss those things so as always message us on social media we are at homies of horror on twitter facebook and instagram um you can also email us we're homies of horror at gmail.com this is a bit of a this is a bit of a meaty boy so if you'd prefer to send a long email that is totally fine with us as well Um, As always, rate and review us on uh, your podcast apps. It would be very helpful and we always appreciate it. And be sure to follow us wherever you listen to us uh, so you can be notified first thing when our new episodes come out, which is every single Monday. But other than that, thank you guys so much for uh, coming to our TED Talk today. We really appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> and we hope that you guys enjoyed the conversation that we had. But that's going to be it for us today, homies. And we will be seeing you guys next time. Yeah, we'll catch you later, homies. Bye.